Hey guys, Mark here from the Strategic Church Network, and uh, we have another one of our sessions from the Table Conference. This is Sam Romine, and he's going to be talking about soul care and student ministry. So enjoy. Romine, he is from LifePoint, Mount Vernon. Uh, not to be confused with Flight Point anywhere else, but <laughs> just kidding. But uh, Sam has been, how long have you been serving at your church? About four years. Sam has been at church for about four years, and he is going to bring us a message on um, soul care and student ministry. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, like Mark said, uh, my name is Sam Romine. I have served as the youth and college pastor at Life Point Church in Mount Vernon, Ohio since uh, 2020. So graduated college uh, from MVNU 2019, took over in 2020, uh, two months before COVID. So really great timing to learn everything and then have everything shut down. But no, it's been good. Uh, I am married. I have a wife. Uh, we've been married for about three and a half years. We have a two and a half year old son and then a, uh, about a five month year old daughter. Um, so originally I'm from West Virginia, but came up to Ohio in 2015 to go to school at MVNU. Uh, had not heard of the Nazarene Church didn't know what it was, came to play golf there actually, so ended up finishing with the degree in education, but mostly just came there for the golf. And not sure how many of you guys play golf. Um, for me, it's like a really good break from ministry. Ministry, I feel like, is a lot of um, mental thinking, reading, meeting with people. So golf for me is like a good, just kind of a good um, you know, break, recharge, refresh, do something physical outside, and, and all those types of things. And if you're familiar with the game of golf, you're probably aware that one of the greatest challenges in golf, like a lot of other sports, is the ability to stay in the moment. And so for me, I'm, I'm by no means an amazing golfer, um, but I've grew up playing a lot of golf tournaments, a lot of competitive golf. And most people I run into, when they think about the game of golf, they think that golf is only uh, hard when you're playing poorly, which of course is true. Golf is not fun when you're bad. It's, it's not a fun sport if you're not playing well. But also, most people don't realize that when you play golf, when you play golf well, there's actually a, a, a unique challenge that comes with that as well. And so for me, one of the hardest things in my, in my golfing career, if you want to call it that, was the ability to, to play a, a good round of golf and then keep that good round of golf going all the way in, until the end. And, and so here's what I mean by that. Whenever I would, whenever I would play a, a good round of golf, the temptation for me was always to really um, get ahead of myself. And so let's say, for example, I'm playing a round of golf. I'm, I'm four under through my first nine, playing really well. I get to the back nine. The temptation for me is to start thinking about a shot that I have to hit on hole 16 or hole 18 or this tough par three that I have coming up over water. And because I'm thinking about a shot that's maybe an, an hour away, three or four holes away, what happens is I mess up that hole, right? Like I, I might be playing a super easy par four. I take it for granted. I got 100 yards to an easy green, easy par, and I'm thinking about this tough par three over water three holes from now, and what will I do? Well, I, I'm not focused, so I make a bogey on that hole. And again, in golf, the, the, the key thing is that you have to stay in the moment. You have to stay focused on the shot at hand. If you listen to guys on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, they are always, always, always talking about staying in the moment, right? Focusing only on one shot at a time. The most important shot in golf is the shot that you are hitting. And so again, the shot that you just hit, whether good or bad, the shot that you're going to hit, even the next shot, two holes from now, 
in reality, that shot doesn't yet matter. The only shot that matters is, when, is the shot that you are about to hit, and it demands 100% of your attention. And so, again, analogy is not perfect, but I also think that concept applies to ministry, right? So my job today is talking about soul care. And again, I think the temptation for a lot of us as pastors, as leaders, myself included, is sometimes to focus so much on the spiritual well-being of other people that you kind of neglect the health of your own soul, right? If you're like me, this can be a constant struggle. And, and so the question is, how do you balance caring for your own soul spiritually and the souls of those around you? How, how do you make sure that you do not neglect your own spiritual health while you're focusing so much on the health of those in your ministry? And again, a lot of great things could be said here. We could go so many different directions. And Bobby actually went here this morning. But if you can, uh, open up again to John chapter 15. Maybe we'll be in here uh, four different times today. I'm not sure. But John chapter 15, again, Jesus, he, he's speaking to his disciples here. And I, and I really think this passage um, provides a great framework for us to think through our spiritual lives, not just as pastors and leaders, but even just as general believers. So John 15, let me read. I'll just read verses 1 through 5. So Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So for apart from me, you can do nothing. So again, familiar passage, I'm sure to all of you. We just read it earlier this morning. A lot could be said here, but Jesus really, he, he's, taking, uh, he's talking to his followers and like he usually does, he's using an, an analogy um, that is you know, from everyday life to help his followers think through and understand what it truly means to follow him and how they can do that in a better way. And so in this case, he uses the example of a vine and its branches. In this analogy, of course, Jesus is the vine, and we, as his followers, are the branches. And so if we kind of boil it down to, to, to one main point, here, here's what Jesus is trying to communicate, right? Just as a branch cannot bear fruit unless, unless it is connected to the vine, the, the, the source of life and nutrients— so also we, as his followers, we can't, we can't bear fruit unless we are connected to him, who, who is our source of life and nutrients, spiritually speaking. And, and we all want to bear fruit, right? Like we, we all want to bear fruit in youth ministry, and we should bear fruit. That's a, that's a good desire. We're actually commanded to bear fruit. And what we see here, there's actually only one condition, one thing that we must do if we are to bear fruit. And we, we have to stay connected to Jesus. We have to abide in him, right? That's what abide, mean, abide means. To, it means to, to remain in something or, or stay connected to something. And so just as a branch has no shot to bear fruit unless it's connected to the tree, you and I, as student leaders, we have no chance unless we are connected to Christ to bear fruit. And so our one job in order to bear fruit is to stay connected to Jesus. But man, how easy is it right, in the name of ministry, to, to be so busy meeting with people and, and planning events, sending emails, getting lessons together, that we oftentimes can neglect personal time with the Lord. 
And I find myself guilty of this all the time. And I think this is a real temptation for, for us as pastors. But if we want our ministries to bear fruit for the glory of God, the answer is actually not one more event, right? It's, it's not one more meeting with the student. It's, it's not one more leader added to the team. It's not one more email sent to parents. Those things are great. We should do them. If you don't do them, you're probably going to get fired. But what we really need is more time in the presence of our Savior, right? We need, we need more time meditating on his word, praying to our heavenly Father, examining our own hearts, repenting of sin, rejoicing in the death and resurrection of Christ. And so I would challenge us today to abide in Christ, right? Abide in Christ, and we'll, we're going to bear fruit. If we fail to abide in Christ, we might see results, humanly speaking, but lasting spiritual fruit is it's not going to come. And, and that's what we're really after, lasting spiritual fruit. And so, again, staying connected to Jesus, that is our job, among other things, but primarily our job if we are to bear fruit. It may not come quickly. It might not come in the quantities that we would like, and that's probably good because of our, because of our pride, but, but it will come. And, and because we're connected to Christ, not because we're great, not because we're great planners or speakers, but because he does that work, like Bobby said, in and through our lives. But we really need to remember, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. We must stay connected to him. And so just in these last few minutes before we get into our our table discussions, I just want to give you three uh, additional uh, challenges, practical reminders um, as you look to to care for your own soul um, in ministry. I'm sure you guys have have heard these before. They're not rocket science. We're not reinventing the wheel, wheel here. But I do believe that if we as leaders, if we do these things, man, our, our churches, our communities, and our ministries will be, will be so much better for it. So number one, don't forget to love and serve your family first, right? Don't forget to love and serve your family first. I think Eric will be talking about this maybe in a little bit, so I don't want to take uh, too much thunder away, but I think it's just worth noting briefly that um, our first ministry, right, is to our families, and not all of you may be married, you might not all have kids, but again, our families are our first ministry. And I know this sounds obvious, but it's, it's really, really easy to forget. The temptation that we have is to neglect our families, the, the spiritual well-being of our families for the sake of ministry. But actually, this is actually detrimental to not just the health of our ministries, but really to the health of our own souls, right? If we're, not, if we're not loving and caring for our families, we're actually not doing our job as pastors and we're being disobedient to the word of God. But again, it's so easy to, you know, to cut out time with them, to, to stay late, um, having a meeting, to, to make weekend plans. And again, I'm speaking from personal experience. This is a struggle that I have. And I know these things are unavoidable at times, but I want to challenge us to, to keep a good balance here, right? Don't wear yourself out serving and loving others, that when you are home, you have no energy to love and serve your family. So, so set boundaries, put up guardrails, do whatever you need to do to make sure that your family is getting the best of you. And again, you might think, well, if I give priority to my family, that's going to hinder my ministry. My ministry is going to suffer. It's not going to grow. That's not true. In reality, that's going to serve to strengthen and lengthen your ministry. So serving your family, spending time with them, loving them, giving them the best of you, that's going to do wonders, not just for the health of your ministry, but also for the health of your own soul. So let's love our families well. Number two, number two, meditate on scripture, right? Meditate 
on Scripture. So this is not just reading the Bible, right? This is taking time to, to dwell on it, memorize it, let it soak into your, into your hearts and your minds, right? Psalm 1, we see the blessed man is the one who delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And so I, I would encourage us to all have a habit of meditating on Scripture outside of ministry preparation, all right? Have a habit of meditating on Scripture outside of ministry preparation. And that's not always possible, right? There's times where we just don't have time. But I think generally speaking, I have found personally that it is so easy that if, if my time in God's Word is solely and only for the purpose of what I teach at church or what I'm going to say to someone else, that I'm, I'm really not thinking about how the Bible applies to my own life, right? I'm thinking, oh man, that kid needs to hear that, or this family should listen to that verse. Those things may be true, but as pastors, we need God's word applied to our hearts first. And so again, we should, we should teach others, admonish others, warn others, all of those things, but we need to take God's word and take it to our hearts first. We need, we need to think about how, how does this passage impact my own walk with the Lord? And so, you know, I think as, as, as best as we can, it's good practice to have a separate time where we can spend in the presence of God, meditating on Scripture, praying, and just dwelling on His, His Word. So, so make that a priority. You know, and if that means getting up earlier, you know, staying up later, getting rid of Netflix, you know, you're stopping playing golf on the weekends, whatever you got to do, make time to spend with Christ. Again, for the sake of your own health and also for the sake of your ministry. And then number three, and finally, pay close attention to your life and your doctrine, right? Pay close attention to your life and your doctrine. Spiritual health is not something that happens by accident. You, you don't just wake up spiritually healthy. You, you don't stay spiritually healthy just by doing nothing, right? It takes effort. We, we are in a world that's sinful, bodies that are sinful. We have temptations. We are prone to wander away from the Lord. And so we need to be intentional about caring for our spiritual health. That's, that's really where it all starts. First Timothy 4, as Paul is giving advice to Timothy, he challenges him and he says, keep a close watch on yourself and your teaching. Keep a close watch on yourself and your teaching. And so two things here. First, we need to guard our own holiness, right? Obviously, we're concerned about the holiness of the kids in our group, in our churches, but we need to guard our own holiness first. And that means we need to regularly examine our own hearts, Right? If, we are, if we are spiritually unhealthy people, it's going to be really, really hard to shepherd others towards spiritual health. Right? Not saying we've got to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect. Part of spiritual health is identifying sin, repenting of sin, those types of things. But we need to, to keep a close eye on those things. What's, what's influencing you? People, music, movies. You know, what are those things that are, that are impacting your heart? And then second, we also need to watch our doctrine. Right? We, we are teaching the next generation about the nature of God and salvation. And so we need to be theologically sound, right? Sound doctrine is what leads to sound living. And so sound doctrine, right? This is not just for our heads, not just in like an academic sense, but truly sound doctrine starts in our heads. It goes to our hearts and out into our lives. And so as youth pastors, we need to take the time to grow theologically. And, you know, not saying you've got to go to seminary or, or read a book, you know, a million books at a time, but we do need to take, take, take doctrine seriously. Take God's word seriously. We need to love and teach the truth to the next generation of students. And then Paul finishes this sentence, by the way, and he says, 
By doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. By, by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So we need to watch our lives, watch our lives, and then watch what we teach. Again, both for the sake of our own spiritual lives and for the sake of those we are pastoring. I'm sure you guys know this. This, this is why you're here. This is why you do what you do. But our work as student pastors, as student leaders, it, it's crucial. And as you know, it, it's not glamorous, right? You're, you're not getting paid a lot of money. You're not, you know, you're getting a lot of fame and, and credit. This is, this is a thankless job a lot of times. But man, it is worthwhile work. I mean, like what better thing can you give your life to than helping others to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ? And so to that end, I would, I would challenge us to work even harder to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ yourself. If you take your spiritual health seriously, you're, you're going to pastor students well. You're going to shepherd them well. You're going to disciple them well. And so make the care of your own soul a priority. Take, take your time, grow in Christ, and you'll be that much more equipped to help students grow. So abide in Christ, serve your families, meditate on God's word, and guard your life and doctrine. Thank you for letting me speak. Um, it's awesome to be here with you guys. Excited to get to know the rest of you that I don't. But let me go ahead, just pray for us here for a moment, and then we'll get back into our, our discussion table. So Father, we, um, we're just so grateful f- uh, for the opportunity to be here today. And Lord, what a blessing it is to, uh, to minister and disciple students in our churches and in our communities. Lord, uh, it's hard work. It's not easy. Uh, I'm sure there are times where we are all uh, maybe questioning why we are doing what we are doing, but Lord, I pray that you would use this time today, uh, these people, your word, uh, these messages to, to encourage us and uh, challenge us to keep going, to keep uh, fighting the, the fight of faith. And Lord, help us to realize truly the, um, just, the, just the awesome weight of what we get to do. And, and Father, Lord, we are, we are just so humble that you uh, use, use us as your tools to, to bring people to you, to, to grow um, in Christ. And so I pray that we would be faithful, Lord, that we would love our families well, that we would, that we would spend time getting to know you through your word, and that you would help us to, to be holy um, as you are holy so that we can um, point, point students to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we hope you enjoyed this session from the Table Conference. It's our yearly gathering uh, where we just get around the table and we want to um, network with each other and encourage each other, uh, hear each other's uh, burdens and, and joys, and uh, just celebrate ministry and celebrate what God's doing in each and every one of our churches uh, through student ministry. Uh, if there's any information that you need from us, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, uh, the Strategic Student Ministry uh, Facebook page, and you can find us there. And of course, we also always encourage you to, uh, if you if you like this podcast, to, to like it, share it, comment, uh, help us out, get the word out, and we really appreciate it. You guys have a great day, and we'll see you soon.